Cool. So, Nick, thank you very much for uh, it's a pleasure, man. coming down. I'm sure you're extremely busy with this being uh, developing quite soon, right? So we're in the Silver Building, for those of you who are listening. Yeah, it is quite busy. And we've, like, like with most of our projects, we, um, we set ourselves deadlines that are usually really fucking impossible. Uh, so so we've, got, we've got our first, first people kind of moving into this uh, to workspace upstairs. Uh, a guy called Craig Green comes in in about two weeks' time. Okay. Um, and then, uh, obviously, we've got all this stuff going on around it. So as the building's being worked on, you know, to, 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 its, to, to get towards its final state, we, we try and have things happening so people kind of uh, use them. I always think it's quite funny seeing people putting in art shows when you've got, like, lads trying to run yeah. power through. <laughs> and that weird kind of, that sort of mix of people coming into stuff, which I kind of like. You know, that, that, those sort of almost like, almost like forced, forced interactions. But it's really cool because I saw the lads, that, like some of the Sparks who are, who are down from Birmingham, my mates from up there, I saw a load of them kind of helping to hang all these like fabric things. Ah, okay. Right, which upset Justin because Justin was like, well, where's, where's all my crew gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're downstairs <laughs> hanging up loads of artwork. But yeah, it's good, it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's like a little performance. I was just walking upstairs and there was a dog running around, the people assembling the wires, and yeah. an art exhibition going at the same time. So it's a bit of a... Yeah, Missy, Missy, everything going Missy Bones always runs around on all, all our sites. She's, she's like the boss. Checking. Good. Good, good, good. Well, yeah, it's an amazing space. And I've been here a few times now over the last month or so. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's, it's good to see how it's changing and it's not really the same space the whole time. So obviously mm-hmm. the walls are still here, but there's an art show now. Yep. And in a few weeks, there'll be a lot of artists here, workshops. Yeah. Um, so like, how did, how did you come into contact with it? This particular site? Yeah. Um, so I, I do lots of stuff like with uh, the guys at the GLA, so Greater London Authority, and they, they um, often find interesting sites that uh, no, no sensible people want to get involved with and then point me in their direction. So I, I, so I, knew, I knew about this building and um, I knew that this whole stretch around, around here, you know, this whole sort of bit around the docks, you know, all the way down to kind of Galleon's Reach is you know, coming come forward as, as a new big regen area, big development area, all that kind of stuff, and you get these little pockets left over, and this building has been sat here for a while with nobody, nobody really having, the, I guess, um, the right kind of team to go in to, to put it together, uh, um, and I think we, we have. So, yeah, I saw it, I saw it properly, properly saw it with, with a view to taking it on maybe like two and a half years ago. And then we spent about a year and a half kind of working, working things up, you know, getting, getting funding in place, putting, getting our finances sorted, uh, figuring out what exactly we wanted to do with it, who we'd, who we'd like to be in here. You know, curating it's a wrong word, but kind of finding, finding the, the right fit, sure, you know, as far, sure. as far as the tenants go. Making sure the numbers work, that's kind of the most important <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, and then we started on site in, um, in January this year. So up until then, it had basically been abandoned for about 10 years. It was, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos, if not, I'll send them to you. I've seen the kind of urban exploration forums, that's that's all I've really seen. So so it was like, it was just, it was just full of fucking shit, like, like 40 years worth of abandoned office equipment and and just insanity. And like, all of the rooms were like knee deep in, in pigeon shit. 
and mess. So we started off by clearing it all out and, and realised that, I mean, obviously we've got this beautiful like structure. Sure, sure, sure. You know, where we're sitting, it's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like a sort of cathedral-like it is, space, it is, isn't it? It really it? is, yeah. It's just, it's just so big. Yeah, it's yeah, just so big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think it's about 50-odd it's about thousand square foot, the, the building. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a lump. But, yeah, it's good. I and like it. It's interesting you, you mentioned the GLA because, you know, they're in the news quite a lot. Yep. Um, and it's interesting to talk about their role fostering, I get, art spaces. Um, and have you found that kind of a relationship which is... It's been happening for a while? Are they, are they supportive? Yeah, are they no, helpful? Totally. I mean, you know, I... I I guess I've been doing this sort of stuff, making, making spaces or, 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 or kind of workspaces since about 2010. Okay. And the more, I've, the more I've done, the more kind of exposure we've got, and the more I've worked with organisations like the GLA. And I think, I think they're doing a really, really important job in, in London. I think they have um, great teams, you know, whether that's the housing and land guys or the culture teams. And you know they, they they put forward a really good agenda. And what I find is that they can uh, help to, um, I guess, help 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 to sort of kickstart these types of projects either by um, linking people up, which is a lot of what they do, especially when you're you know from from sort of the arts, creative workspace world into sort of the development world, um, or you know. Start the start help kickstart the funding. So often I start a project with with some some GLA funded money, and then I privately finance the rest of it. Okay. So so they're really really useful like that. Um, yeah, I get on re- I get on really well with them. And so of, just you mentioned funding. So something like this was there a kind of mix between public and private funding? Yeah. But yeah. So, so every, every, everything. So um, the public funding that went into this is is fairly. I mean, it's, it's a, it sounds like a big lump of money, but it's actually not when you look at the size of the project. Sure. But it's enough to kind of galvanise interest from private. So all of, all of my projects mainly are, are privately funded, either from some money that I put into them mm. or there's sort of like a network of um, guys that I work with, some sort of high, high net worth individuals, mm-hmm. and more and more so we look at uh, kind of impact investment funds that kind of come into it. But... If you start off with some public money, yeah. it's really easy then... Well, not really easy, but it, it lends a lot of credibility and a lot of weight behind then going out to the markets okay. and looking for money. It's basically like... It's almost like a rubber stamp, you know? It's like, okay. well, the, the GLA's supporting it and private investors and equity know that the reporting back on that is pretty arduous. Sure, sure, sure. So sure. They, feel they, they take some comfort from that. Sure. So then it's a lot easier to go and find the rest of the money you need to make it make okay. way, way up. Yeah, yeah, I guess it makes sense to get, get the, um, like I said, the credibility on board. Yeah, yeah totally. It's, 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 it, you know, it has, that, it has that sort of seal of approval kind yeah. of thing behind it. Um, and, yeah, I, I, the, it's, inter- it's an interesting world at the moment because I think you've got people that are looking to, to, to fund things. I, mean, I don't mean fund as in free money. I mean fund things as in, as in investment money. Sure, sure, sure. Um, for a return, but also looking at the impact investment that comes back from that. So the, the good that it does out, mm-hmm. the, out the back end, so that's okay. kind of where, where we, we sit. And do you think that applies to the wider Silvertown area? Because I'm aware there's obviously billions and billions of money being plugged in. And yep. I was actually reading earlier from um, Simon Webster, who kind of heads up the Silvertown partnerships. Yeah. And he was quoted as saying he wants the area to be the next Shoreditch. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that? 
I don't know what he quite meant by it. Uh, Something different than Tap Shades no, or what know, Shoreditch think, is at the I, moment. Yeah, totally. Everyone has a different idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you can think of Shoreditch 20 years ago, you think of Shoreditch two weeks ago on a Friday night, which yeah. quite frankly is fucking horrible. Um, I, I can understand what, he's, you know, what you're trying to say. You've got, you've got areas like this, which on, on one hand, you know, you can think of as, as you know, post-industrial, nothing much happening, kind of cut off from, from all the other, you know, the buzz that's, that's happening in London. Um, I think you have to be really careful, though, that you're not trying to force an identity on areas. I really hate words like placemaking. I really hate those kind of like, you know, sort of meanwhile things that try and try and sort of parachute drop into areas. And I think, you know, if you're not careful, you, you lose what they're about. Obviously here, you've got, like you said, billions going into it, you know, and Silvertown Partnership doing some really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. The ideas that they've got around um, around Millennium Mills and the, and the kind of the, the commercial space that they're creating there through uh, like sort of first base and the guys so sort of um, um, the guy, oh, I've forgotten his name now um, Edward Lister Sir Edward, Sir Edward who's like kind of the, the main thing down there and bringing forward I think like a lot of commercial space with an idea that they're going to have you know some big names in there whether that's you know like you kind of you know you google kind of campus stuff sure which is great but then you need to make sure that the stuff that's there already gets 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 brought along with it of course um so it's challenging i think i don't think i would want to say that i'd like this to be the new like shoreditch sure. personally sure 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 um because it's 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 Silvertown, or it's like, or it's West Silvertown, or you know, it's, it's like its own place. It's its own place. Definitely, and definitely. All we're doing, I guess, is trying to use existing stock, but you know, building stock, in a in a in a positive way, and ensuring that what you're then creating there is is part of your sort of d- development phase. Mm-hmm. So so this bit at the beginning is is like your discovery of what should come next. So the idea that you're growing either businesses or you're growing artists that are then going to be the guys who take on the spaces that get developed out l- later on. Sure, 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 sure. Because otherwise all you're doing is building a load of like either like dormitories or, or employment spaces that nobody can actually afford to be in other than, other than big multinational companies and I think that's probably pretty boring really. I think you're not really making an exciting place. Definitely, especially when you compare what you know Silvertown has been like over the years in yeah. the area and for me it's interesting that it comes down to for me at least use and access in the terms of the use of the space the use of the buildings how is it being changed yeah. and then who's getting access to them and so it's funny for me that I was just speaking to some mates earlier and they said the last time they went to Millennium Mills was for like a illegal underground rave yeah. and you know, now it's being turned into sort of huge offices and yeah. housing and stuff like that um, but that's the story of these kind of spaces and you they have they go over different uses in history and totally. they get changed and yeah. it's it's the story of it right yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's like they're, they're sort of a trajectory aren't they you know like this site this was originally uh, british cake and mills offices then it was uh whitbread carlsberg tetley it was a big distribution center mm-hmm. and, and brewing center and then and then that shrunk and it became like an an office space and then that kind of died and went away and then it got squatted for years and turned into like illegal rave central <laughs> um, and then it's and then it's abandoned and then you get the next thing which is us guys coming back in and trying to i guess trying to do not a similar thing to, to those kind of squat squatted spaces but you know using them in a similar kind of way of access for people mm-hmm. and in like creating opportunities that's the other big thing i think you can, if you can create opportunities for people either to 
uh, create or to or to or to work, then you're starting to look at possibly helping through some of the social issues that you have. And then the next phase on from that will be in 10 years' time when they finish building the tunnel under the Thames and they start putting up, you know, the, the sort of blocks you see going up all over London. Mm-hmm. But how do, you, how, do you, how do you then retain the stuff that we do within that next phase of stuff, next phase of development? Sure, sure, sure. And that's sure. where I think it becomes really interesting. And that's where, hopefully, by working really closely with people like the GLA and closely with bigger developers, you're... You know, you're inside rather than outside as, as like, uh, you know, the, 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 the cool, like, arts organisations that always just get steamrolled out of the way. Of course, of course. You're, you're part of what come, comes next. And, you know, I think me and the rest of the gang, what we're essentially trying to do is, is hopefully be the, be the ones that can say, right, well, you know, there's no reason why you can't have in your development of 5,000 new apartments... A, a really cool kind of art centre or, or creative workspace centre or, or venue or place where things like, you know, this exhibition can happen, but isn't sanitised, you know, isn't like, sure. you know, clean, shiny, white-cubed space where everything has to finish at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. But how you can fit it into that. Because I personally think that's... that's I personally think that's where people are going to want to live. I'd much rather, you know live in an area where you've got really interesting stuff being made or created than in an area where you've just got, you know, boring nothing happening. I think most people, I mean, maybe not most people, a lot of people would say yeah, that as totally, well. Man. And it, it feels like there's a, there's a very slow kind of... I, I'm sorry if I kind of bang on about the development world, but there's a very slow kind of change kind of happening, and I guess it's about... Um, and next generation of stuff coming through, I guess. Anyway, yeah. And that's, I guess, a good um, kind of time to turn into speaking about Harrogate, because yeah. obviously you're quite involved in the area at the moment, yeah. and I actually live in Winchmore Hill, which is Enfield, just up the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know Wood Green very well, yeah. yep. known it for years. Um, and so, yeah, tell us about your involvement with Hackney. What's your role there? How long have you been there for? What are you doing there? So we needed another site, so, so we were looking for another studio site, workspace site, and um, found one up in uh, uh, sort of South Tottenham, so like sort of around Markfield Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, when was that? It wasn't that long ago, it was maybe three, three and a half years ago, four years ago. Um, Realised that you've already got loads of stuff happening, Haringey's a really interesting part of town. Um, loads, loads of kind of little creative businesses around there, lots of really interesting... Uh, kind of Tottenham residents that have been there f- like forever and like I like I think it's an in, it, I think it's a cool area and to be perfectly honest it was a site that I could turn around quite quickly and again the numbers worked on it so I knew that we could make it stack up um, so we did that that first site to begin with and we did 22 22 or 23 studios and some music studios and a kind of bar and a cafe um, and really, again, it's about kind of creating platforms. So it was about making spaces that people that live locally can either work from or, or, or develop their own things from. So rather than us come in of like, you know, here we are, we've landed, it's more about like, you know, the guys that run the, the, the bar and the, and the coffee shop, um, Matt and Rachel, lived in Harringay, both trying to find somewhere to run their particular type of, you know, bar, stroke, cafe, coffee shop they wanted to do. Um, couldn't find a space, so. I help them kind of build build that, and then it's theirs to, to you know carry on and run and develop from. Um, 
And then I started, obviously there's a lot of stuff happening in Hackney, um, Haringey, sorry, um, that the council are trying to lead on. So after the riots, there's a big injection of cash from sort of central government and let's try and change the area. Some of it for good, some of it not so good. But I started working with uh, some of the guys in their regen teams and looking at other sites we could do up there. We've done five sites in Haringey now. Mainly, mainly around Tottenham, but then we did the hotel in Wood Green as well. Sure, so we sure. did green rooms, which was, I don't know, something I've wanted to do for ages, really. I made a, I made a hotel like eight years ago, or nine years ago in a theatre, like a sort of pop-up, pop-up hotel okay. for two theatre companies. And I, and I, and, and I realised more and more so over the last few years that it's all very well making places where people can work that's affordable, but where can people stay? So then we did green rooms, which which is supposed to be, I think it is, I think it's genuinely affordable. It starts at like a, a dormitory bed, starts at 18 quid, so. That's pretty good, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, for London. Um, and it's, I think it's, I think it's really successful. And, it, and again, it's one of these projects where you try and not just like drop in and, and become like, oh, you know, the, the, the new Shoreditch of Wood Green. Sure. But to inter, in, in, interface with everybody's there and again, create platforms for people to come and, and use the spaces, so. Moving on from that, Haringey, obviously, as I'm sure you know, is going to changing massively and rapidly. You know, the amount of new housing that's going to be built, the way that Haringey's trying to do that with their HDV, which is quite a, quite a controversial model. Um, you know, bringing in Lend-Lease, who are, <laughs> a, you know, they're, they're big boys, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. That's uh, one way to call them, they yeah. Don't, they, they, don't, they don't really <laughs> take any prisoners. Um, <laughs> Um, and you know, a lot of people think that's a massive risk, and I can see, I can see that point. I can totally appreciate that way, and, and a lot of people think well, you're just giving away effectively public land. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure at the moment how else, how else you can you can try and deliver the amount of housing that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought Lenny Suffern Council because I was going to ask you about it, and yeah. it's. I think for me, you're absolutely right. When there's a lack of funding from central government. Yeah councils need to resort to other options yeah. and you know Lendlease are involved with very very controversial projects in London but I guess the question becomes how can we make sure that these kind of partnerships which yeah. are very important yeah. um, how can we make them sustainable and important and how can they serve the community better because when you know six six and a half thousand homes are being built yeah. and only a small percentage of those are going to be you know affordable yeah, for the population you know, something's not right. And I no. do completely appreciate the need for more homes. Yeah. Um, you know, Theresa May just promised two billion yesterday. Um, so obviously there's a debate and there's a need for it, but is the way it's going now, it's, it's just, it's not the right way. No, I, I, I agree. I think, but that's, that's, that's what I sort of trying to touch on earlier on about the sort of the, the development world still being a very traditional way of developing with, with big developers that kind of come in and roll in and it becomes like a displacement vehicle. I think the way it will change is by being, I think the only way to, to change things is to be part of them, mm-hmm. right? So, you, you, you know, you're not, you're not as a, especially as smaller organisations, you're not going to be able to influence things if you're always, you know, trying to chuck stones in. You know, the only way is to kind of sit, sit inside it. So I think those partnerships with people like Lend-Lease, with, with local authorities, local authorities, I think, need to realise, and, I th- and, and they do, that, that they're... Um, how do I put this without sounding really rude to local authorities? Um, <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, you know, Lendlease are, are massively, well, even any, any big developer, 
massively resourced, can afford to pay people massive salaries, have huge teams that, that can basically pretty much move things how they want them to move. I think it comes from like planning policy, being able to control stuff. I think that's really important. I think, I think the, the influence that local authorities and organisations like the GLA can have by pushing groups like mine into, into that arena and supporting them can be really helpful. Um, ultimately, it comes down to, I think, how much money you want to make out of stuff. You know, we, the, the, the current development world is essentially about making money. Um, if you start to sort of try and turn that on that on its head a little bit um, and say, right, we've still got to make money out of this, but we've got to deliver stuff properly from this, then you're perhaps getting somewhere in the in the right place. It's it's not something that's going to be solved. I don't think you know in in the near future. There's going to be lots of things that will happen, lots of things that go wrong, lots of bits of things that go right, and then you might get to a model that works. We're sort of trying that with. Sort of the sites we've got a site we're doing in, in Tottenham actually, where we're, we're building out. It's kind of it's a mixed-use site, so it's workspace residential. It's like it's sort of enabled by the residential. So to bring the workspace forward affordably, it's stacked residential on top, um, and we're trying to do something where it doesn't necessarily. It still makes a lot of money, and it'll still work, and it'll still make sure all the investment gets paid back. But it will be able to hopefully deliver. Workspace, new, really good workspace at like £17.50 a square foot, and then tethered residential, so tied, long leasehold apartments that go with the, with the workspace that start at one bed to 700 quid a month and two beds are 1,100, I think, or, or 1,081 or something. Um, and the idea is that we retain ownership of that let, let it on, on long leaseholds to, to people because buying is really difficult now sure. and I think that's where you'll start to see some innovative changes in the market. Mm. Another thing that's happening which I'm really interested in is a guy called, a guy called uh, Nick Walkley who was the chief exec at Haringey okay. and he's now the chief exec of uh, what is currently the Housing and Communities Agency. That's the civil service that's mm -hmm. responsible for delivering the house building in the UK okay. so they're like the third biggest landowners and they're actually the third biggest investors in, in, in building homes so they partner up with things. Nick's a really interesting character and has got some really uh, good kind of innovative ways of try, trying to look at how housing can be delivered and I think when you start having people like that in, in, in positions of, of power effectively he'll start doing little projects that will spin off in an interesting way and then you'll get the bigger developers going oh right okay so you could you could deliver 100 units on that site for half the cost that we'd usually do it because you're using I don't know like prefabricated building techniques or sure. something like that sure, sure, sure. so so I think that's how it can change and then it comes down to whether organizations like ours can get a seat at the table and try and push things push and push that agenda forward so that's that's where it might change um, um, we're going to have to wrap things up quite shortly. Um, I mean, this could last on for ages. So I'm very happy with this conversation. But um, I guess, is that the future for you and your team housing? Is that, is that the kind of next, next logical step? Is that something which you're... Um, it's something that I'm, re I'm really interested in. I'm really interested in, in, in how, how, people can how people can now afford to live in cities, right? Especially London, uh, obviously. Um, I think you've got that blend of, of, how, of, of commercial space and, and housing. I think it needs to kind of come together more. I don't, 
I don't really understand why we've come, come to this place where people live an hour away from where they're working, you know? I, I kind of, I'm, I'm sort of thinking, well, that doesn't really make sense. The, the, the waste of energy, not just personal energy, of travelling from one side of, the, of London to the other to sit in an office to then travel back again doesn't sort of make sense to me. Um, yeah, I guess I just, I, I've, I've sort of fallen into this world that I'm just really excited to be in and kind of learning about. And um, yeah, just, I, I, I don't know really. <laughs> I just, I was, we're, just, we're just here. Who knows? Mucking Who knows? around in knackered <laughs> old buildings. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm being kind of a bit facetious about it, but no, I am. I'm genuinely interested in how you can make properly affordable housing. I think affordable housing that's, that's spoken about isn't affordable. I don't think, you know, 80% of market is affordable. Um, I think the, the housing associations are, are, are having to, and this is because of huge, huge central government funding cuts. You mentioned two billion quid that got given in, but in 2010, I think it was six billion that got taken out of how, um, how, how housing associations could fund their builds. I think there has to be a model where local authorities can perhaps start to, to, to borrow money to be able to deliver council housing which to me again it seems like stupid that they can't um, and yeah it is it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time and it can, it's going to go one way or the other it's either we're going to sort of start to learn and make this into a, a more inclusive city which, which is what everybody wants I think or, or we're not and we're going to carry on for another few years building great big blocks of stuff that have a nod towards kind of society or a nod towards the arts but aren't really aren't really you know it's kind of greenwashing yeah i mean my natural sense of optimism and hopes that it gets to a point where people just wake up yeah totally um, i agree 100%. so but it's kind of that awkward position where it kind of has to get worse for that to happen it does and you know what, what is that end point but also i think you know the, the fact that that you know we're having these types of conversations now you know, as, 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 you know, we'll be, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully, we, the collective we of, of London, the, you know, sort of, I guess, younger, although I don't feel young at the moment, um, <laughs> after my weekend, um, and I'm not anyway, but, but you know, th th that, that'll be the next generation of stuff. So these, these experiments that we're having at the moment will be the things that in, you know, 10 years or 15 years or 20 years time will all start to formulate the ideas for, for, for the stuff coming forward. Well, if you're, if you're listening, then that, let that be a kind of gospel for the future. Thanks very much for, uh, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. And we Thank look you. forward to next time. Yeah, great. Thanks very Thanks, much. Man. Cheers.